Welcome to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast, where we desire to connect you with people, teaching, encouragement and resources that will see you and those around you restored to true humanity. Join us as we seek to help you apply the grace of God onto the details of your life. Welcome to episode four of the Restore Ministries Australia podcast. I'm Jess Finance, and with me today, I have Peter Sondergeld, founder of Restore Ministries, and Sue Patterson, who is a group leader with Restore Ministries Small Group Discipleship Programs. Welcome, Pete, Sue. Nice to have you here with us today. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks, Jess. Um, We're really excited to have this conversation today. We know that um, restrictions are starting to ease and change around the country where we are as um, the COVID pandemic kind of changes its course a little bit with limited cases, particularly where we are. And um, we just know that a lot of relationships and um, community culture have really been affected over the last few months as we've faced restrictions and lockdown and um, a lot of social isolation as it's been coined. So we're really hoping that we can have um, what will be a helpful conversation today as we kind of explore how relationships and our relationality with others has changed and what hope we have as we um, step into this new season. Mm. So who's keen to uh, kick us off today? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to have a crack. Um, I, I think uh, one, of, one of the things I think is critical uh, is just to recognise the, the two-pacedness of, uh, of where people are going to be at, um, uh, at least two-pacedness. And, and what I mean by that is there are some people who are going to be um, doing really well uh, because of the lockdown, um, maybe uh, their normal pace of life is uh, is cracking fast and it's kind of slowed down uh, over the last couple of months. And so there'll be a sense in which those people who have been busy doing things that um, perhaps are um, less kind of uh, relational, less time to be relational, or will actually have had time over the last couple of months to connect with people more. Um, so in a sense, there's going to be some people who are going to be richer for the last couple of months, but there's also going to be some people, I think, that are uh, going to be a little um, a little poorer for the last couple of months. I mean, think about people who are living um, on their own, perhaps, or they're, they're living in uh, households where they're strained relationships, very difficult relationships, I think, um, for those people. Um, Rather than kind of closing up the cracks, so to speak, the cracks have probably widened over the last couple of months. Um, I think one of the one of the things in particular that, that I think we're going to see uh, a little bit is uh, people over the um, <laughs> over the last couple of months have uh, indulged their introvert. I think, and uh, there's going to be some there's some going to be some weight gain on in, on the introvert <laughs> side of us all. After these last uh, couple of months, and one of the one of the things I think just to be aware of when it comes to um, you know feeding people's introvert and staying home and staying in uh, in indoors and and with your family unit is there's just been over the last couple of months less vulnerability um, for people. They're they're less they're seen less. I mean even. Um, even uh, conference calls or Zoom calls, uh, I'm not even going to go into some of the bottom half of my attire <laughs> that I've been wearing in Zoom calls, but it, it just goes to show that um, you're less seen, like literally in a physical way, you're less seen. 
Um, and often, I think, uh, because of that, people people feel probably uh, like others are not staring into their soul as much, mm. I guess. Mm. Um, because you can turn your camera off, you can you can mute, mute your microphone. Uh, where in a lot of ways we're less vulnerable. Now, some people will take advantage of that and they'll feel a little bit safer because they're not in person and they might actually open up some more. But for a lot of us, uh, we're probably have been we've probably been connecting with less people and we've been less seen by people. And I think that's probably had an effect on our um, our relationality and the way that we're engaging with others around us. I think one of the things that um, I've found interesting is that you can actually you can control how much of yourself you keep present in the moment with somebody when you're using technology. So if you don't really want to be present in the moment all the time, you can turn off your camera, um, mute for a little while and go and make a cup of coffee, come back and then come back in. So if, if the conversation gets intense or you feel a bit uncomfortable, you can just actually disengage super easily. Mm. And that then means that you're not really that known and you're not really intending on knowing them that much either. Mm. Interesting. It's fascinating. I think when, when I think about that, I think about um, even just the attention span required is shorter when you're doing stuff over technology because you can just switch off if you want. Mm. I mean, no one needs to know that you're working on a Word document or something <laughs> while there's a, there's a Zoom call on. It's like we're not having a conversation with someone that's going for 20 minutes necessarily where we've got to stay switched on. We can actually switch off along the way mm. and not actually kind of be personally present in yes. that moment, which I, I, I think that's interesting too. Mm. Mm. So what do you think are some things that we could expect to see in our relationality with other people as we're kind of heading into this period where restrictions are lessening and people are beginning to gather, even if it's in kind of smaller community groups? Have you got a sense or a feeling about what what's to come? Well, I guess one of the things that I have been observing as I have re-engaged with visiting people in person is sometimes it's not as comfortable as it was. And um, sometimes even for me, maybe it's not quite as comfortable as you re-engage and go, oh, there's actually somebody present before me. Um, and I, I'm pretty extroverted. So I, what, I visited somebody and, and took somebody else with me and it was interesting just noting sitting back and observing the interaction and suddenly realising, oh, actually there's not as much um, comfort in this moment in just the general being seen and being um, close has changed. I think that's that's going to be something that we need to cross because it's easier just to stay distant yeah. sometimes, So, which yeah. isn't really a win, I don't think. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like a win in the moment, yeah. but it's not a long-term win. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I think there's going to be awkward moments. Um, I, I, I think there's, there's just going to be a bunch of those. Oh, yeah, I'm a weird mix of introvert and extrovert. And um, I, um, on my day off, it's like 
it would be a win for me to get to 1 p.m. in the afternoon and not have actually talked to anyone. <laughs> I, might, I know that sounds terrible, no. but that's that's how I feel. I mean, it's I used to hate self-serve checkouts at Coles or Woolies. And now on my day off, it's like, I've just got to get myself to one of those self-serve. <laughs> it sounds terrible. It's like you're a pastor, right? You're supposed to love people and have conversations. Well, on uh, on my day off, I like to uh, just kind of power down with uh, all those kind of things. But uh, one of the things I even find on my day off is if I've powered down, there's just, there's, there's a moment or two when I power up in, in talking with people where it's just a little bit, um, it's just, it's just a little hesitation for me and mm. that's just on my day off and yeah. I think I think for people who've been in in lockdown for a month two months you know and not used to those kind of interactions you can kind of expect just a little bit of hesitation and maybe a little bit of awkwardness when we um you know when we just um start to interact with other people and it's going to feel weird it's mm. just the reality of it is um you haven't had lots and lots of face-to-face conversations with people. So there will be a side to it that's like, we're really excited about this. We think this is great. So good to be back together face-to-face. But then at the same time, there's just going to be, well, this is a little bit weird. Mm. Uh, it would be easier if I was, you know, in front of a camera instead of uh, instead of here in person. Yeah. Mm. So that's an interesting point then if we're talking about the – ease that people have kind of had hiding behind a screen and kind of restricting that vulnerability and that sense of um, putting themselves out in terms of, yeah, really getting to be known. Why would we want to move back into that sort of exposure that we've managed to hide away from for the last couple of months? Yeah, well, I mean, you could start by asking the extroverts. I mean, it's killing them, right? <laughs> that they, uh, they haven't got a crowd to work. And uh, they they would have lots and lots of good reasons why it'd be good to uh, get back together, and I love them. I love the extroverts. Uh, I have a little bit of that in me that pops out every now and then. But um, oh, the world would be a darker place without them. Um, but um, you know, there's. Uh, I think it goes back quite seriously to um, to the way that we've been made. You know, we we are. Um, relational by nature that's the way that god made us and he uh, he actually made us um to do relationship with him and with other people and he um he made us to not be okay on our own and uh, i think the reality is that we need multiple contributions from multiple people to be who god called us to be who god's created us to be we, we need that Um, and it it won't, you know, as much as, you know, you might have a great, uh, friendship with your, uh, uh, your housemate or with your spouse, um, with your brothers or your sisters, I think the, the diversity of gifts that we see in 1 Corinthians 12 to 14 at the very least tells us that we need more than one or two people outside of us to be the people that God's called us to be and to be whole and to be, to be fully kind of us. Yeah. Um, so I think even though it's perhaps a little awkward and a little uncomfortable for some to kind of be pushing into, um, face-to-face relationships again, that's actually where our, um, our wholeness is going to be found is by moving into that space to open up to God and open up to other people. Yeah. I, um, 
I think the other um, section section of that is that um, as as we um, are more who we are when we are, um, see our diversity, we also gain bigger revelation of who God is in the diverseness that we find in other people. And so when it's just us and our close little group, our um, ability to see the bigger facet of who God is is limited because we only have limited connection. So I think that that's, that also expands the reason for um, for getting together. <clears throat> As you were talking about that, I was thinking about just actually being present with somebody. Mm. It crosses yeah. barriers, doesn't it? Like I know that there's still restrictions around um, physical touch, but when somebody actually touches you, it breaks into your personal space in a way that provides things that you don't get on on your own. You know, it comforts, it nurtures, it reminds us that actually we're not alone. And like I'm always astounded at how Jesus moved toward people. He didn't shy away from people. Um, No matter the state that they thought they were in or that they were in, it seems to me that he moved toward them. Mm. Now, he didn't shy away um, when the woman with the issue of blood touched his robe. He turned and went who, t- who touched me you know he moved toward people who sometimes shame and our own concepts of who we are causes barriers but Jesus broke through those barriers and so I look and think yeah well can I be brave enough to break through those barriers yeah and I I don't know I find that actually people respond we we find something deeper and richer when mm. we draw together. Yeah. I think um, just following on from that, Sue, is uh, the, um, you know, the question here is why would we even want to be known? It, it, it seems comfortable to not be known, mm-hmm. but why would we even want to be known? Well, another way you could put that question, and this might sound a bit confrontational, a bit harsh, but I think it's true, is um, why would we even want to be loved? Mm-hmm. Because being known and being loved are actually connected. Um, yeah. I remember um, <clears throat> pardon me, running a uh, small group and a guy in the small group just came out and, uh, and just made this comment and it was kind of, you know, it was one of those uh, comments where um, it was kind of a nothing to see here comment. That's how he was talking. It's like, oh, this is not going to be. And then all of a sudden, it's like he's just dropped a, you know, a hundred tons of profundity <laughs> right on top of us. It's like, right, we just need to call everything off and think about that one for a while. Um, and, and that was this. He, he said, he just kind of came out with it. He said, you can only be loved to the extent that you're known. And I just went, mm. yeah, that's, mm. yeah, absolutely. You know, because... All of us, I think, have got this nagging doubt. When we're, when we're not fully known, we've all got this nagging doubt that the other person wouldn't love us if they actually knew us fully. Yeah. Um, and, and the more stuff we kind of keep concealed and unknown from other people. Now, I'm not saying that we have to pull everything out. I think we should do that with God, no question. Uh, but we want to be judicious about the way that we actually share stuff and reveal ourselves to others. But... Mm. 
Uh, while ever we reserve some things inside that we think are unlovely, there's always that nagging doubt in the back of our minds that goes, if you really knew this bit, you wouldn't love me. Yeah. So there's a connection. I think that statement was so profound because I think there is a connection between how much you feel loved and how much you're known. So if we if we give in to the idea that um, it would just be better not to be known, that's going to take us to a place where we're not being loved. We're not being loved deeply. Mm. And I guess the question there for me is who wants that? Yeah. You know, like who out there is putting their hand up and saying, I don't want to be loved. Mm. Like pretty much no one. Yeah, that's No one's right. saying that. And when people do say it, we, we look at them and we go, we, we really need to help you. Some mm. people need to get around and help you. If you feel like you don't want to be loved by anyone, there's something else mm. that you're struggling with in the middle of that. But I think that's, that's something that, that we really need to grapple with. And that's kind of the battle within us is I, I think we know it. Mm. We know deep down that other people no, need to know us for us to be loved properly. And we want to be known but we fear being known at the same time because what happens if they don't yeah if they don't love us mm. yeah that's really good pete um I, I definitely agree that um as we are known as we are brave enough to be known we grow in our ability to then to be loved and to feel accepted and then that makes us able to move toward people yeah. as you're talking i'm just thinking about um the many areas in my life that um, I have he been healed in through relationship where people well, I've been brave enough to allow people to know me and for them to have accepted me. Even in the moments where I've been really fearful to be known, but the, the beauty that comes in somebody just minimising that thing to be not actually a thing, but to see through the thing to the person and go, you're yeah. okay. Yeah. It's been in incredibly, um, incredibly healing and transforming. And I think that's that's what happens mm. when we know Jesus as well. Mm. That's and if as people we should be working towards modelling that the best yeah. that we can. Yeah. So fullness of life comes in a deeper way as we're more willing to move from hiding into into mm. the light, into yeah. being known and seen. Yeah. It doesn't always mean that I rush to do that. <laughs> but in the areas that I have experienced, it really encourages me to be brave again. Can I put you on the spot? Oh, yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> what, how, what is your tell? How would someone be able to tell that... Um, someone's getting close to knowing Sue in a place that is uncomfortable for her. How, how do you respond to that? What what what, what would we see? Uh, you would probably see me become emotional. Okay. Or you would see me apologise. Okay. Why? Because I think when I begin to, when somebody starts to touch on something that, um, I feel uncomfortable sharing, the shame usually is the uh, thing yeah. that bubbles to the surface. Mm. So usually I'm like, oh, they're mm. asking things that, and it, it, it might not necessarily be shameful, mm. but my fear of that 
that they will go, that's not acceptable, will we'll then. Yeah. So I instantly start to get emotional and then I will apologise for being emotional. Yeah. So I think that's my challenge. Am I right? Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there, right? <laughs> can I ask? Can I ask one more? Yeah, sure. Uh, connected to that, um, who knows your tell that that's what you do when uh, someone's getting close? I mean, other than all of our podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for that. Um, well, I think the pers- the people who who are really close to me. Yeah. You know, the, um, yeah. my family and actually the thing I think I've found that's really good is that I've developed relationships um, with people who aren't necessarily related but who are related, um, you know, through Christ mm. and I've found, I've found amazing acceptance in that mm. and amazing um, ability just to be able to go, it's actually okay. Your 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 shame is is no more than than what mm. other people carry, and it's okay. Mm. It doesn't actually define me. Yeah, I think that's really that's really helpful. I think um, yeah, you know, one of the things I think it's important to note at this point in time is that getting to this point where someone kind of knows your tell, yeah, um, is is a long, perhaps even a lifelong process it may mm. you know so, sometimes I think some of these things we can kind of we can traffic in some of these things and not realize the um for want of a better phrase the evolution of how we've arrived at this place yeah but in terms of a a goal um well that's a beautiful goal isn't it like there would be some people mm. that are really close to me that that could see my hesitation and what it looks like um when I'm worried about being known yeah, and they could gently and lovingly say, oh, so you just don't need to do that. Yeah. yeah you don't it's... need to do that. We're, we're with mm. you and we, we love you. We, you don't need to do that. Mm. I mean, I've had people do that to me and um, it is so freeing and releasing because mm. it allows me just to be open about who I am in an unvarnished way mm. and, um, and deep kind of relationship happens. Yeah, at that point. absolutely. And I think I loved what you said about um, being freeing because mm. I think that's what you do experience. You realise that you're actually more free to be who you are, mm. even if you're not quite sure what that is. But there's something really good in that as you grow. Instead of apologising all the time, you're actually like, well, this is actually what I am and who I am and yeah. might be a little bit quirky, but actually it's okay. Yeah. It gives you freedom to be who, who God's made you to be. All right, all right. So let's let's do this just for a minute. Yeah. Just for a minute. What if that's like oh, whatever level that is, if that's senior high level of uh, being known mm-hmm. that people would know your tell, how do we what's 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 lower primary? Like how do we just thinking about um, this this time that we're in coming out of lockdown, and I'm just mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking to myself, what what are some really simple things that we can that we can do to to be known? Anyone can do. Yeah, well, just I think the first thing I instantly think of is just being committed to turn up, to turn up physically to the opportunity for connection 
you know, it's it's very easy to talk yourself out of of making the most of those opportunities. So mm. There's times I want to, but the goodness comes when I just go, no, I'll go. This is actually what's going to be required of me today. Does it matter? Or can I just go trusting? Yeah, it'll be nice. Mm. Might be nice. Mm. So instead of letting the the fear and the desire to hide win, I guess. Yeah, that's good. Can I go, no, I might get brave today. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, I think about uh, those who've been around Restore Ministries for a bit. I've been to a, an intensive of ours that probably heard me talk about this a little bit. But just that whole idea of, um, uh, you know, getting home at the end of the day, your spouse or your parents or your friend, well, how was your day? Yep. How was your day? Now, one option that you've got when someone says, how was your day, is you could just give them a catalogue <laughs> of everything that happened on that day. Yep. That's what you could do. Um, and that, that, that would be a good and helpful thing to do. I think one way to, uh, to be known, even in that moment, in a really small way, is you could just drop uh, a little piece in there about yourself you could make it just a tiny little bit personal so you could say that um you tripped over the cat and you fell over and it was a bit annoying <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah um or you you know i was on the way somewhere and that i got stuck in a big traffic jam you could just report on that or you could say i got struck in a stuck in a uh, traffic jam and I was a little bit worried about getting to my appointment on time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At that point in time, we shifted from a kind of a news report, mm. really, to something that's a little bit more personal. Mm. And I, I don't even think you have to do that all the time. I think you can just do that. You can just drop one or two in there. Mm. You know? And all of a sudden, a story that sounds like a news report now becomes a personal story. And you're actually being known. A little piece of your day is actually being known. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think that continues. I think about um, with my husband who, you know, I mean we've been married for quite a long time now, but um, because we both tend to do that, I still learn things. And as mm. he te- if he tells me a little snippet, I suddenly go, oh, I didn't, I didn't understand that. Maybe I didn't understand that about you, but I've just seen something that I haven't understood. So it draws me to actually ask better questions and be able to connect with him relationally yeah. instead of letting that moment brush past. So I think that's, yeah, turning up in those moments mm. is really important. It's, it's kind of like tell the story, but then tell us why it matters. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's good. That's, that's really the, uh, the essence of it. What does it matter to you? Mm. Mm. Uh, do you have any thoughts, Jess? Oh, I just think that's a really beautiful beginning to some practicalities, I guess, of how we can begin to, yeah, become more vulnerable and come to be known mm. as we're kind of stepping into communities again. Because I've heard the words kind of flying around as you've had this conversation of risk and battle and hiding and hesitation and that's definitely there and I'm sure that's residing in a lot of people as we're kind of 
um, yeah, stepping into a place where that's probably going to be stripped away, Mm. really, in honesty. And how do we allow ourselves to be known again Mm. when we've gotten really comfortable Mm. with hiding? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting, I, you know. I liked, I really liked your uh, the word risk in there mm. that you that you said. I mean, that's you know, that's that's really kind of bound up in what we've just been talking about with uh, vulnerability. Um, and and I guess what we're saying is, you can't be known, you can't be loved, you can't be in relationship unless you're prepared to take that risk mm. of at some level, kind of being open with other people. Mm. It also highlights the reality, I think, that um, relationships by definition, even in a perfect world, are an uncontrolled space. Yeah. Even even with God himself, who you can guarantee will always respond rightly and appropriately and in a perfect way, you still can't control what he's going to do. Yeah. You know, which is that, like the psalmist says, you know, our Lord God is in the heavens, he does whatever pleases him. Now, that's a statement about God's sovereignty, his power, but I actually think it's a statement about his personhood as well. He will do as he pleases. Mm. And uh, at some level, that's what the nature of personhood is, is that people have got the opportunity to choose what they're going to do. Um, and you step into that space of sharing your yourself. Well, and all bets are off at that point, you know. I mean, you, you will know... You will know with a good degree of certainty based on the character of the other people how they're going to respond. But every moment is a new moment. Um, and it's they're not robots yeah. and relationships are not robotic. Um, so, you know, part of it, I think, is just being able to um, feel the fear and and do it anyway, I think, especially with people who you have good relationships with and who who you know their character. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important to remember. To remember that and be able to move toward the fact that you you may be feeling fearful, but other people may be feeling fearful too. Mm. So how do you how do two fear, fearful people actually connect? Is being able to think think what's going to be good about that and think what's good about and that you know about the person and trust but most of all trust trust God in that moment that even if it doesn't go exactly how you want it to go even if that the response isn't exactly how you want it want it to be God knows he hears and he sees Mm. and he's he's right there with you in that moment so you're not actually alone yeah I find that very mm. comforting because mm. I can't control what somebody else is going to do. Mm. And so many times I realise afterwards that somebody has actually been brave with me and I've to- totally blown that. Mm. But the good thing is that I'm trusting that God can make yeah. God can make in them what's the truth of that mm. they're okay without me being able to deal with it perfectly mm. and that gives me a better a better platform to live out of than being so concerned about the person yeah so you're what you're saying there is that god provides ballast to kind of steady yeah steady the ship in the midst of being in a place where it could 
potentially, and I don't want to get anyone anxious about it, but it could go <laughs> anywhere really, right? Because yeah. all of us have even had, we've had people who, who we know, we know their character, we know they're trustworthy, and then they'll do something random, you know? <laughs> and you just go, what are you doing that for? I don't like you doing that. That's offensive to me, you know? Um, but even in those times, you know, it's it's um, God's presence with us that helps to steady us yeah. in the middle of that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Mm. I um, <laughs> I think one of the uh, one of the best thoughts for me is when you know, because there is a risk when you open with someone and someone gets to know you that they could use it against you. You know, and one of the most comforting thoughts for me is. Like, you don't know half of it, <laughs> you know. Oh, is that all you know? You only know the thing that I told you that I'm crap at, you know. Uh, and and my my uh, my head goes straight to the fact that um, my heart goes goes there as well to the heart to the fact that God knows way more than that. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like to me, I I just think, oh. All right, so you've got a problem with me not being good at one particular thing. Well, you just seem to go and talk to him because he knows all of it. He knows everything about Peter and he is not put off, mm. you know. And if, if I end up in a place where the person I see in front of me influences me more than God's complete knowledge of me, mm. something's a bit out of whack yeah. at that point. Yeah, that's good. But, but it doesn't – the out of – the out of whack kind of side of it doesn't happen as much to me. It's it's more that I just go, well, creator of the universe, the one who flung the stars into space, the one who died on the cross for me knows everything about me and he's not put off. Yeah. So I actually don't really care that much. It's not the end of the world for me mm. that you're put off by something about me that's not particularly good or noteworthy. Mm. Um, because he's he's got my back. Yeah, mm, that's a beautiful reassurance when we kind of think that it can be hard to relinquish, um, not knowing what someone else will do with your little pocket of vulnerability that you you mm. put forth, and and having a desire to have yourself known and not be met there in in the way that you desired can be really difficult. So I think that's a really um, yeah beautiful picture of where the care for our deepest um, vulnerabilities and inadequacies really lies. And so I think that kind of begins to cover um, how Jesus kind of intersects that risk for us. But Mm. what other comfort is there for people that are still um, battling, I guess, with the riskiness of putting themselves out there after so long of hiding away? Well, this one's not going to be... For some, this won't be particularly helpful, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. Some of it, I think, has to do with expectation mm. because underneath we want other people to handle us well yeah. and to love us well, and we want to know that if I come out and I share something vulnerable and I'll be open with someone about something, well, we'd like them to have had a good night's sleep, right? <laughs> and and not be angry with the children when you're bringing that out, you know? And and there's wisdom in being careful about the time and the place where we actually are yes. open with someone else. But there are some times where you can think that there will never be a time and a place that's safe enough 
for that um, because you always want other people to handle you well. You want them to handle you the way that is going to feel most loving to you. Yeah. And I think the, the reality check here is they just won't. You know, the, mm. the, the, the question, the thought, uh, when are other people going to love me properly, which you can ask and you do ask that in your heart um, at times of, of great struggle relationally. You go, when, when is this actually going to work properly? And, and the answer is, well, probably never yeah. in this life with other humans. You, you just, I mean, you can't bank on it. You can't, when can you ever bank on a sinner? I mean, I... I can't bank on myself consistently and I can't bank on mm. anyone else consistently, you know, 100% of the time. There's, there's a side to us sometimes that um, kind of gets in the way because we're wanting a divine love out of creatures yeah. and fallen creatures, if I can put it that way. Um, you know, the, the cry in our heart um, and the hesitation with being vulnerable about is the other person going to love me properly is really a cry for God's love. Yeah. That's, that's really what it is. And if we use that in such a way that we hesitate being known, um, it's probably not just going to be in a horizontal sense. We're probably going to find some of that hesitation operating vertically between us and God mm. as well. So I think a, an expectation reset um, that people will let me down. Mm. Even mm. when they're doing their best, they're going to let me down. They're not going to deal with me or handle me the way that I deeply want them to. Uh, but God never does. He always speaks mm. what is good and helpful and right, even when I don't like the way he's talking to me <laughs> or what he's saying. It's always right. Yeah. And and I think that's, the, that's a great comfort to me because there are times where the way I want to be treated is – needs to be done away with <laughs> and yeah. I need to step up to the way uh, that I need to be operating as a recipient of other people's love, yes. if that makes sense. Yes, that's good. Deciding how we're going to um, receive receive what other people has have to offer is really important because otherwise expectations actually diminish relationship, don't they? Yeah. Whereas when we can go, well... One sinner to another sinner, yeah. the thing we can trust is God in the midst of us. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do our best in that and yeah. lessen, the, lessen the weight of the expectation. That's really good. Because I don't, I don't think, you know, you, you think about the way God created humanity, you know, and then sin comes in and he goes, oh, it's all wrecked now. <laughs> you know, it's like I can't, these people can't contribute to each other anymore. They can't serve one another. They can't assist one another in being who I've created them to be. I, I just don't see God doing that. No. You know, we see God doing his, his work with, um, with fallen people who perhaps are helpful most of the time and harmful some of the time. And uh, somehow in the midst of that, God's going to work whatever harm comes our way. And I'm not talking about high-end no. Uh, abusive harm. I'm just talking about those times where other people don't relate to us the way that we want. Uh, we can have confidence that he's going to um, flip that stuff mm. so that it it works works for our good. Mm. Well, thank you both for um, being here today and having this conversation. I think it's 
yeah, something that's going to be hopefully beautifully helpful to our community as we're yeah, starting to move into a new season of togetherness. And I'm really thankful that we've had this mm. togetherness today. It's been nice to see some faces and have a yeah, conversation together. So, Yeah, it's been good. Thanks, Jess. And as always, we'd like to leave you with a scripture for the end of this podcast episode. And today we're going to leave you with Psalm 103, verses 13 and 14. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. Thank you for listening to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast. If today's episode was a blessing to you and you would like to support our ministry, please visit www.restoreministries.com.au forward slash donate. Every generous donation is used to further equip and serve the broader church to see people restored to true humanity. Or if you would like to access further articles, videos and resources, please visit our website, restoreministries.com.au and head to our resources page. Restore Ministries Australia, a catalyst for Christ-centred change.